women's uh, ministry through the leadership of Sister Lynette. Uh, for those of you who don't understand the lyrics, that is dedicated to all the fathers, and that means we're all handsome. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, of course. It talks about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Uh, God is good, and in, He is indeed our Father, and... And, and he provides everything. So that means, Dad, don't worry about life because we have a father who cares for us. Amen. Uh, this morning, uh, I invite you to please rise as we give respect to the reading of the word of God. Of course, today is Father's Day. And we will take a look at the life of Abraham. And so we will open our Bible into the book of Genesis chapter 18. We will be reading verse 19 only because we will jump into different, of course, uh, scenario or scene where uh, Abraham, of course, uh, seen in the book of uh, Genesis. Verse 19, uh, chapter 18, beginning verse 16, of course, it talks about Abraham interceding for Sodom. And of course, this is the encounter between uh, the angels of the Lord and him. In verse 19, it says, For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for uh, your, your presence in our midst. Thank you, Lord. Not only your presence is in us and within us, O Lord. We thank you for the many blessings that you bestowed upon us, and we thank you, Lord, for the past days. We are here again, Lord. Just thank you and lift your name high, because indeed, Lord, as the song says, you are good. You are so good, O oh Lord. You are so faithful to the needs of your children, but most especially, Father, we thank you for uh, giving us this salvation and this relationship uh, through your Son, Jesus Christ. For that, Father, we will be forever grateful. And Lord, we also uh, want to lift up those people who are not here with us. Probably, Father, they're not feeling well or some of them are on vacation. And Lord, I pray that you will be with them. And Lord, we thank you so much for your words today. Most especially, Father, I pray for our fathers who are here uh, this morning, honoring them. And Lord, I pray that uh, uh, they will grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and, and Lord, I pray that Christ will reflect in their lives as we, Lord, learn uh, from the life of Abraham. We speak to them, O oh Father, in a very personal way. Praying for those who are celebrating their birthday, Lord, this coming week. Be with them. Thank you, Lord, for their lives. Bless them and give them more, uh, Lord, energy, strength that comes from you, uh, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. For those who are celebrating their, their anniversary, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bassa, thank you, Lord, for uh, their marriage life. Lord, I pray that uh, they, they will continue to grow in their relationship. And Lord, uh, I pray also for uh, traveling mercies. They will go back to the Philippines this coming Wednesday. Be with them, O oh Lord. And thank you, Father, for uh, the fellowship that we had uh, to them. And Father, once again, bless your word. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I like the story about these uh, four expectant fathers. Uh, 
of course, uh, where they were in Minneapolis Hospital uh, waiting room. And of course, most fathers, we have experienced this, uh, waiting for our children to be born, and we're waiting in the waiting room. So while their wives were in labor, uh, they were waiting patiently. And the nurse arrived and announced uh, to the first man, Congratulations, sir. You are the father of twins. Uh, the man said, what a coincidence. Uh, with a force, with, with pride. And then he said, I work for the Minnesota Twins baseball team. So the nurse returned in a little while and, and, and turned to the second man. Uh, you, sir, are the father of a triplet. Wow, that's really an incredible coincidence, he answered. I work for a 3M corporation. My body's at work will never let me leave this one down. An hour later, while the other two men were passing cigars around, the nurse came back uh, to this time. She returned to the third man, who had been, of course, quiet in the corner. And she announced that his wife had just given birth to quadruplets. He was stunned and, of course, barely could not reply. And don't tell me another coincidence, the nurse asked. After finally regaining his composure, he said, I don't believe it. I work for a Four Seasons hotel. <laughs> After hearing this, everybody's attention turned to the fourth guy, who had just, of course, fainted and, and, and flat out on the floor. And the nurse, to his side, after some time, he slowly, of course, gained back his consciousness. So when he was finally able to speak, you could hear him whispering repeatedly the same phrase over and over again. And this is what he's saying. I should have never taken that job at 7-Up. I should have never taken at that job at 7-Up. I should have never taken at the 7-Up. <laughs> As a father, he was worried because, you know, <laughs> the wife will give seven, seven children. But you know what? As a father, all these four children, whether this story true or not, they were so excited as a father. Amen. It is exciting to be a dad. And so, uh, in the Bible that we just read, we are confronted with, with many poor examples of fathers. But we will not focus on those poor fathers. We will focus on best fathers this morning. Amen. Because here at Philem International, we have best fathers. Amen. <laughs> and so, but of course, in the Bible, we cannot deny the fact that there are bad fathers like King Ahab. Read 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 52. Uh, the fathers uh, who, of course, uh, they wandered for 40 years. The Bible gave them a description of unfaithful fathers. They are bad fathers. Read Psalm 78, verse 8. Psalms 78, verse 57, and Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 14, all those fathers were stubborn fathers. And of course, the Bible don't want us to follow or emulate their steps or their example. Billy Graham once said, A good father is one of the most unsung, unraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. Now, when you come to think of what uh, Mr. Billy Graham said, this is true. These uh, good fathers are the most unsung, unraised, unpraised, I should say, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. Why? 
Why society? Because, again, there is an old adage that says, so goes the family, so goes the society. If the leader, if the head of the home is a good leader, then we have a good society. In our Filipino, uh, we call this uh, heritage, or uh, in our Filipino custom or Filipino belief, we have a saying like this. I will say it, I'll speak it in Tagalog. Ang ama, siya ang haligi ng tahanan. Ang ina, ang ilaw ng tahanan. In English, dad uh, are the foundation and mothers are the uh, light in the house. You see, thinking about that saying in Filipino, dad are the foundation or haligi ng tahanan. Come to think of it, dad. We are indeed the foundation. Because it is up to you if the house will stand or crumble. Whether you like it or not, fathers, we are assigned by the Lord to lead our family. It's not the mom, it's the dad. That's why I like that saying in Tagalog, ang ama ang siyang haligi ng tahanan. We are the foundation. And it's up to you if you want that house to crumble. Now, about 3,500 years ago, God looked down on Abraham and God declared him to be a good father. Because in, in a passage that we just read, I want to go back uh, on that passage. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Reading this verse, Abraham really has a great role. And God declared him as a good father. And so if a person will take the time to look at the life of Abraham, the reasons for, for his glowing assessment became abundantly very clear. Today, of course, we're going to look at his life, life of Abraham, and see God's idea. What makes a great father? And so, this morning, I entitled our message, I am a Christian dad. I base it from our series, The Seven Sayings of I Am. And so, this, of course, is based from the life of Abraham, and I, I picked three things, three good characteristics of Abraham that makes him a great father. So, today we live in a day when we need a good male role model. Christians' males are worth looking up to. And so, it seems that men have forgotten what it means to be men. And so I'm reminding you this morning, if you have forgotten to be a Christian man, then this is a message for you. We need some real men who are not afraid to be the man of God. And so this morning, I hope you can say to yourself, I am proud to be a Christian dad. And so in the life of Abraham, we find a man who represents what God is looking for in fathers and in men in general. So first thing that we need to look at this is, I am a Christian dad. 
Okay? I am a Christian dad. So a Christian dad is not ashamed of his faith. That's number one. Okay? A Christian dad is not ashamed of his faith. He was 75 years old when God called him to pluck his family out from where he is staying and told him to go to a place where, of course, he will bless him. That's in, in the book of Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. His name was not Abraham yet. His name is Abram. And so he is called at the age of 75 to leave behind home and family and set out for God. Now, as far as we know, there was no hesitation on the part of Abraham. He did not complain. He did not say anything. He just obeyed the Lord. And so he simply responded in what we call faith. Faith in faith to God and set out to follow the Lord. And so Abraham's call was to be the father of a great nation. That's in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. And so Abraham answered the call and followed the Lord. This morning, if you really want to become a, a, a good dad, you must be a Christian dad. There's no greater blessing than for our children to be surrounded by men who have God's call upon them and upon their lives. And so, of course, I'm not referring to a call to professional or vocational ministry. I am referring to men who heard God's call to be men of the cross, saying yes to Jesus, not afraid that other people will know them that they are a follower of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Men who are not afraid of their faith. Men who are not ashamed to announce to the world that they are the children of the living God. I am convinced that every Christian man has a call of God upon his life, especially fathers. And so this call implies two great truths. Number one, that there is a personal relationship with God. This is important. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about having a relationship with God. Because a lot of people, a lot of men, a lot of that, they claim they have a religion. But religion doesn't count. What counts when it comes to our faith is that personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so Abraham knew God in a personal way. Why? It's because when God told him, I want you to leave, I want you to go in a place that I will assign to you, he responded in faith. In other words, he truly trusted the Lord. Why? Because Abraham has a relationship with the Father. If you don't have any relationship with someone, if they tell you something, you will not believe them. Why? Because there's no relationship, and when there's no relationship, there is no trust. But Abraham followed the Lord, obeyed the Lord in faith. Why? Because there is a relationship. You see, a saved father will not be perfect. However, 
A saved father will have a foundation from which he can influence the lives of the children around him. What about if men are not saved? Then that's, of course, another story. What we're looking here, if you want to be a good dad, you need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Salvation and the church thing is not just for women, not only for children also, and for preachers. It is for sinners, and every man here qualifies. Do you have that, a personal relationship with the Lord? But I want to follow up that question. Is your personal relationship with the Lord a deep relationship with the Lord? Secondly, there is a personal responsibility. Not only it involves a relationship with God, but also it involves a personal responsibility before God. Yes, thank you, Lord, for the salvation. I am a Christian dad. But we don't stop. The Lord gave you the responsibility. Someone has said that the most important job of father is to lead children to walk in the truth. Starting kids out with God and the gospel will have a profound impact throughout their lives. Every man in this church, in this building, especially fathers, we have a great responsibility before the Lord. We are responsible for training our children in the way of God. We need to do that. That's our responsibility. We are to teach them about Jesus. We are to teach them about the Bible and the will of the Lord. Dad, you cannot teach your children if you don't read the Bible. If you don't know the story in the Bible. If you don't know even the story of Abraham. If, if you don't even know how God created Adam and Eve. You cannot pass along those. That's why this is a challenge to each and every one of us. Read your Bible. And when you read your Bible, you can teach your children about the Bible. You cannot teach. You don't know. That's why, Dad, even though it's, we are honoring you, I am challenging you today to do that. Because you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to teach the truth about Jesus and the will of God. They need to learn about prayer, about salvation and a close walk with the Lord from their dads. Look at what Ephesians 6.4, uh, the Apostle Paul said to the church at Ephesus, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. As a Christian dad, this is one of the, of course, message of the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. And it is also a message to you and me that we dad, should not exasperate our children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That is also true if you will read Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Israelite people, the dad, they were leading their family to teach the word of God to them. 
you know what? I, I praise the Lord. I thank God for women who live the truth. But it is the father's responsibility to take the lead in the spiritual upbringing of the children. This is the truth. Even when I was pastoring a church in the Philippines, women are more active than men. When it comes to uh, men's fellowship, only few. But when it comes to women's fellowship, there's a lot. You know what? My theory is this. Because God assigned us as the leader, as the foundation of the family, Satan is attacking us. When he attacked the foundation, the house crumbled. That's why, Dad, you have to really be brave to take your responsibility. Especially teaching the truth and walking the truth in front of our children. We, we need to be aware that what our children sees us to do, they are apt to do as well. We need to live the truth. Uh, there is this story. I read it. And one Saturday, uh, uh, Saturday night, a car uh, with a young couple Driving that car, it crashed off the highway, killing the young man and seriously injuring the 17-year-old girl who was very popular in high school. And so the girl's mother hadn't slept very well that night, for she thought she had been or she had seen a bottle in the young man's pocket as the couple left the house earlier. Reaching the hospital, the girl's parents learned that the couple had been drinking. And so the battle they used had been in the car. So the father left the hospital enraged. He was upset and muttering. And this is what he said, and I quote, If I could find the person who sold my daughter that whiskey, I'll kill him. That's what he said. You know, I was reading this. I'm reminded of, of King David. You remember King David when Nathan confronted him? Uh, it's the parable about this... These neighbors, they have a guest, and this rich neighbor took, you know, one, one, one lamb, and that's what he prepared, and, and, Nate, and David said, he must die. <laughs> I, I, I was reminded, if I could find the person who sold my daughter that whiskey, I'd kill him. Returning home, he headed for his liquor cabinet to get something to steady his nerves. Then... On the shelf inside the cabinet was his daughter's handwriting. And I read and I quote, Dear Dad, we hope you won't get mad to us taking your whiskey with us tonight. Dads, men, are you leading the children who are looking to you in the right way? Remember, what they learn from you determines what they believe. In God. Not only in God, about Jesus, about the Bible, about the church, and so on and so forth. Uh, are your steps leading in the right direction? Are you fulfilling God's plan for your life? Personal relationship, responsibility before God. 
what a parent hands down, he receives in return from his children. They will always mirror what you have invested in their lives. And so if you invest the blessings of God, you will receive blessing in return from them. If it is the world you choose to invest, listen, there will be heartache and problems. God's kind of dads make the right kind of investment in their children's lives. Secondly, what is a Christian dad? A Christian dad has an affable personality. What is an affable personality? Meaning friendly and easy to talk. Easy to talk. It's not quarrelsome. Okay? So, you know what? Uh, this is taken from the incident which occurred between the herdsman of Abraham and, the, and those of Lot in Genesis chapter 3. You remember the story in, in Genesis chapter 13? When, when, of course, Lot and his herdsman and Abraham, uh, their possession is growing, and they, you know, they, they were fighting now for a greener pasture. And so, if you will read Genesis chapter 13, uh, Abraham, Uncle Abraham said to his nephew Lot, we should not fight. <laughs> We're family. We should not fight. We, we, we don't argue. We don't, you know, uh, we are one. And that, that is my, of course, my own transla translation. We, we, we should not fight. And so his recommendation is this. For us not to fight, you and me and your herdsman, we need to separate. And this is what Abraham said. If you will go to the right, I will go to the left. If you will go to the left, I will go to the right. Now, reading this, remember, this is Abraham. This is the uncle. Or in Tagalog, this is the uncle. In other words... I am the boss. You are just my nephew. I have the right to tell you to leave and to tell you where to go. But this is not the very character of Abraham. He said, choose. If you will go to the left, I will go to the right. You know what? We need this kind of character, especially when we deal to our children, to our family, with our wives. Another good example is in Genesis chapter 21. You remember there was conflict between Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael. Uh, this, of course, he was born. Ishmael was already on the process of being weaned. And Ishmael was already born. And, and Hagar and Sarah, they, you know, they were fighting. Of course, we understand naturally because Sarah is the original wife and, and, and Hagar is not. And... and Abraham was torn between two lovers. <laughs> but he consulted the Lord. And God said that, that Ishmael was also your sin. And, and if you will read that, uh, Abraham in Genesis chapter 21, verse 14, you know what? He sent them away with a blessing. And he provided, because God promised also that he will bless Ismael. So the point that we're talking here is this. Abraham 
has a good character. He's not a quarrelsome guy. <laughs> he, he's not a guy who always, hey, I am right. Hey, I am the boss. Hey, I am the authority here. He always gives way to avoid conflict. Isn't it wonderful that if we apply this very character, very personality of Abraham inside our family, especially mostly to our children, it is easy when our children do things that are childish, foolish, or just plain unwise or stupid. We become impatient. And when we become impatient, we blow our stock. We say things that we should never say. My prayer is that we will learn to be patient with our children. And if you, are, you, you still have children who are kids, let them be kids. And sometimes you love the carpets more than your kids. Hey, don't spill that bill on that carpet. I just cleaned the carpet. Isn't it? We, we sometimes love things rather than the feelings of our children. And no wonder our children, they don't like us. It's because they, oh, he loves the carpet more than me. I know what, what they did is not right, but we need to tell them in a nice and loving way. Amen. I would like for our children to remember that we are kind. We are gracious. We are generous. We are loving. Yes, we are not perfect. There's no perfect that here. But we can do those things. Amen. Of course, what is scary is that children retain so much of their parents' personality and characteristics. That's why I pray that God helps us to have the right spirit about us as we, you know, we parents, we lead them into the right direction. And of course, I, I, I praise the Lord and I thank the Lord that we can do this and, and bless our children. Uh, one evening, a, a father came home from work to find that his boy had been sent to bed for swearing, saying bad words. So the father stormed up the stairs, vowing to teach his son a lesson. On the way, he tripped on a step and he skinned his shin. Have you experienced that? You skin your shin? That hurts. When he did, this dad, he began to curse loudly and violently. So his wife said, you better come down now. He's had enough for his first lesson. But it's a bad lesson. And sometimes, you know, we teach our children not to do things, but we do. That's not a good example. And so... A good dad, they're not afraid, they're not ashamed of their faith and afraid to tell other, other people that they're Christians. Has an affable number two, uh, personality, and number three, and last, 
He is a man of prayer. He is a man of prayer. Abraham was a man of prayer. This is seen in that every time Abraham moved, what is good is every time he moved, he erected an altar to God and there he sacrificed and prayed. That's what he always do. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 8, of course, uh, and he prayed about many things, such as the impending demise of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, but he also prayed about his children. Uh, going back to Genesis chapter 18, uh, this is a good prayer, you know, the, a conversation between, between uh, him and God, and if there is, you know, the bargaining, you remember the bargaining? If there's 50 righteous, will you still destroy until he went down to, you know, to a low number? But of course, found nothing and, uh, and Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. But of course, he's interceding for them. And then he prayed about God's promise of a son. He prayed for the welfare of Ismael. You know what? Uh, there is to my mind no greater blessing than a child can have than to know that their father is praying for them. Fathers should make it a practice to pray for their children daily. Fathers, dad, how's your prayer life? Do you really pray for your children daily? I'm not saying that you pray for your food. That's, that's good. Okay? Not only for food. We, we, we can pray for a lot of things, most especially for our children. Pray, number one. And this is the most important. Pray... For their salvation. For them to have a right relationship with the Lord. This is our mistake as parents. We pray that our children will be successful with their career. I am praying for my child to be a medical doctor. I am praying for my child to be Blah, 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 and everything. But we forget to pray for the most important thing in their life to experience. That's having a right relationship with our Father. Yes, the Lord will answer your prayer about their career. What profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Nothing wrong about praying for their career. It's good. The most important thing is to pray for their spiritual well-being. Why? Because it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this is the judgment. That means you can't bring anything that you accumulated in this world. That's why the Bible is clear. The Bible says that you, know, you, you store up treasures in heaven, not on earth. Here on earth, you know, they will rob you. They will kill you because of your possession. And, and, and no wonder when we have a house, we, we have a fence so high. Why? Because we're afraid somebody will 
will break in and steal. But we are being encouraged to be more focused on our spiritual relationship with the Lord. When you meet the Lord face to face, my dear friends and brothers in the Lord, the Lord will not tell you, are you a successful engineer? Are you a successful uh, attorney at law? No, the Lord will ask you, what have you done to my son? Have you invited him into your heart? Pray for their salvation, their spiritual well-being. Pray for their protection. Every morning, we are praying for this. Lord, uh, be with uh, JP and Jewel and, you know, uh, Alan and Arian, you know. We are praying for them every day. That the Lord will protect them. Pray for them that they will be used of the Lord for His glory. Whatever the object, just be sure to pray for them daily. And let them know you are praying for them. Amen. The child of a God-fearing father doesn't have to fear abuse, mistreatment, and also neglect. The child can be assured of love, kindness, and acceptance. Children have every right to expect to be surrounded by these types of men as they go through life. They deserve the best dad in this world. They deserve the best leadership that we men can give them. They deserve to be surrounded by saved men. Best dad. This morning I was just, you know, scrolling down on, on Facebook and uh, all those friends on the Facebook, uh, they are uh, posting all those dad. Best dad in the world. Uh, they are all best. <laughs> hey, I was thinking about, did you know that I am the most handsome man in the world? According to my mom. <laughs> You are the best dad in the world according to your family. They have the right to say that. Why? Because they see you every day. They communicate to you every day. And that's why they say to you, they tell you, Dad, you are the best. And I hope they will not put a letter A on that best. You are the beast. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> my dad is the best and not the beast. <laughs> Oh, yes, they deserve to be surrounded by the best dad. Amen. Men, look, look into your heart today. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and in his finished work on the cross for your soul salvation and for your children? If not, there are children in your life and others all around you who deserve better than you are giving them. If you are not in the Lord, give your life to the Lord. If you're already in the Lord, then make an effort to show them that you are a true child of God. It is any wonder that in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 23, <clears throat> calls Abraham the friend of God. Can we read it all together? Ready, begin. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. 
Isn't it wonderful? Dad, the Lord will call you. Hey, you are my friend. Why? Because you believe in me. And, and you know, all the things that you do, I am glorified. Hey, you are my best friend. Few men have ever reached the spiritual stature of this great man Abraham. However, men in our day could be more like him. And we could possess these qualities that possessed if we would only allow the Lord to have his way and work his will in your life and in my life. Remember this, Dad. You know, as a dad, as a man, we have this very characteristic of being independent. I can do it. I am the boss. I am the man. Oh, my dear friends and brothers in the Lord, be humble. Because without the Lord, you can't do it. You can't make it. Amen. Yes, that's manhood. You know, I'm the leader, I'm the boss. But we have the boss. He will bless you, he will guide you, if you will let him lead you and guide you. We need godly fathers and men who will mold small lives into great ones for the kingdom. We need men who will change society by giving the next generation great examples to imitate. And we need men of God, and you can be those men. I will close in this story. Uh, Ensign Neil Anderson Scott. This is the son of a Presbyterian minister in Goldsboro, North Carolina. He was enlisted in the Navy during World War II. A Japanese kamikaze, uh, this is kamikaze plane, of course, uh, uh, they commit suicide. Instead of going back to Japan, they will, you know, <laughs> land their air airplane to the enemy. We call them kamikaze. So this plane, he hit his ship during a sea battle. Neil Scott was mortally wounded. As he lay dying, he said, Mates, keeps those guns firing. And then he penned a letter to his parents that said, To have you, dad and mom, for these 24 years has been all I could ask for in this world. I love you. Now, think about that. He's dying. And yet, he remembers his dad and his mom. For these 24 years has been all I could ask for in this world. Dad, can your daughter and your son say that to you? All I could have asked for in this world for 24 years is you. Are you what God wants you to be today? When we are the man we can be, our children will become the children they should be. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to honor our fathers this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the life of Abraham. That we can emulate him. That we can follow his footsteps. Yes, Lord, even him, he was not perfect. And yet, because he believed in you, he put his faith and trust in you. He honored you. He became righteous, O Lord, in everything that he do, just to give glory into your name, O Lord. Lord, 
we are the same. Human being, we are not perfect, but we can do the same. So Lord, I am praying for all the dads over here that you will just instill in their hearts that they are the leader, they are the foundation. I pray, Father, that indeed they will take this role as a Christian dad. I am praying for a blessing upon them and work in their hearts. Lord, we commit mistake as a dad and we ask, Lord, to forgive us and thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, restore us into what you want us to do as dad. And thank you, Father, for this is my prayer in Jesus' name.